Good evening. Hello. If you don't know me, my name's uh, Mark, part of uh, Eastgate here. Been coming here about four years, something like that. Um, we get to head up the evangelism here, which is a privilege. We've just, Fiona and myself, have just come back uh, from our holidays. Uh, we had a dream to take our children to the Great Barrier Reef. So we've just spent three weeks in Australia and Singapore, which has been amazing. It's actually cooler there than it is here. <laughs> and much more pleasant and air-conditioned at night. So, um, But that was that's amazing. That's another dream that has been fulfilled in our time here. We had uh, quite a bit of fun as God gave us downloads of various people. I think we prayed for about 10 people over the three weeks we were there. Uh, we had to stop over in Singapore on the way out because there was a problem with the flights. Um, and we had no. We had to go to a cheap hotel that we found was on the edge of the red light district, which we didn't know until we arrived. Um, it was quite interesting experience for the children. And um, we had to go and get some food in the morning and popped into a supermarket, uh, just buying all various interesting things for breakfast. Uh, looks, food there looks very different to how it does here. Um, ended up getting a download, hospital download for a lady about having pain uh, down here. She thought it was me initially. It's always interesting when they don't speak English as their first language. So she tr- starts trying to sell me drugs, um, to medica- medical drugs that is, to deal with the pain. And then I had to tell her it was her and she looks at me in her, I wish I could do accents but I'd probably get into trouble. Um, how do you know? And then explain that God cares about her and got to pray for her for a healing. And that was, that was right at the beginning and set the, the tone. So it was a good time. So this evening, I want to talk about living a life free from fear and anxiety. I don't know if you know, but about one in five people in the UK suffer from either depression or anxiety. So this is a, it's a significant issue um, in our country. And in 2013, there were 8.2 million people that went to the doctor about anxiety. So there's probably more than that, because not everybody would have gone. And what I'm mainly going to be focusing on this evening is about our internal world. Because if our internal world is not in order, fear and anxiety can come into that world. Uh, There's always going to be, or most likely always going to be, circumstances around us that invite us to be afraid or fear or worry. I'm not going to really talk about those, but I want to talk about how God wants to put that internal world in order. I'm not very medical, so I'm not going to cover, because I'm not very qualified to speak on such things, the medical aspects of uh, anxiety. But I'm going to take it as read that if you do suffer from anxiety, you'll understand that eating healthily, sleeping well, resting, exercising, being in the sun, and regularly laughing are crucial to your well-being. Okay? That's true for everybody. I'm going to lose my mic here. There's that list, really, of the ABC for healthy life for anybody, but particularly those that suffer from fear and anxiety... That's probably where your doctor will start in terms of getting you free. So don't want to, I haven't got time to spend a long time on those, but for me they're crucial and foundational to getting free. Here's a quote from somebody called Chris Vallotton from Bethel, if you've uh, heard him. It says, The power of laughter is not seen 
in funny circumstances, but in difficult ones, or the real power of laughter. For those of you that suffer anxiety, we're going to be laughing at your anxiety before the evening is out. Laughing medically can act as a healing. I haven't got time to go through the medical evidence and the therapies that exist for that. But it can, it can change your mood and change what goes on inside of you and reduce stress, etc., etc. So we're going to do some laughing later. You're all so glad you came now, right? <laughs> so let me, just br- let me just briefly describe how anxiety can um, manifest it. Okay, I'm just going to give you some examples. So um, agoraphobia, so I'm going to give some definitions for you. So agoraphobia is intense fear surrounding certain situations, like being in public spaces, leaving your home, being in large crowds, or using tr- uh, public transport. Okay. You've got something called body dysmorphic disorder, if you can remember that, I'm impressed, where you are worried about the way you look, even though you don't look particularly poor, most people wouldn't notice that about you. So it's, it's, it's about, it's, it's a perception rather than a reality. There's something called generalized anxiety disorder. This is meant to affect 5% of the UK population. The disorder causes people to feel anxious a lot of the time, often without a specific cause. Something called um, OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and you might have obsessional thoughts and compulsions to carry out actions to feel safe. Panic disorder is the fifth one. That's where people have panic attacks that usually last between 5 and 20 minutes. And even though it's not damaging to health, it can be very frightening. So these, those five, what I would call manifestations of fear and anxiety, are common. And there's probably people here in the room that would maybe struggling with one or more of those. Medically, there's five main reasons for causing anxiety in your life. Number one is a past or childhood experience that left a negative impact on you. Uh, number two is usually a stressful situation that you're currently in. Number three are uh, narcotic, narcotics or drugs or side effects from some medical drugs. Number four is that you might be fearful of a serious health problem, like cancer. And number five, you might have an issue with brain chemistry or chemical imbalance in your brain. But they're the, they're the five main reasons why, why uh, anxiety or fear would come into our lives. I've got a few more from a Christian perspective on top of those five. You could be under spiritual attack. So a a demonic force could be sharing their fear with you or trying to make you afraid. You could be worried about the future because you're not trusting God. That could lead to anxiety. You might not be confident of seeing God's goodness in a difficult situation. That could lead to stress. You could take on someone else's anxiety. Some of us are wired sensitively, sensitively, where you can feel what other people are feeling. And you could mistake it as your own anxiety. If you fly fairly regularly, there are always people on a plane that are anxious. And it might not be you if you feel anxious on a plane. Listening to too much bad news. I read a statistic this week that the average person in today's society... I've forgotten the statistic now. No, that's it. Here's a hundred times, I think, or is it a hundred times? hundred times more bad news in a week 
than someone 50 years ago did in a year. Okay? Just being on holiday for three weeks, coming home, putting the BBC News on the other night, and just having bad news story after bad news story after bad news story, I found anxiety was knocking on my door in 20 minutes listening to the news. I'm not saying don't listen to the news, but having been out of listening to news for three weeks and coming back in, that was an interesting experience. Um, And finally, making negative declarations over your life. So we understand the power of biblical declarations to change the world you live in, to change your internal world. But actually, you can believe negative declarations and you can speak them over yourself. That could also, I would suggest, in some cases lead to fear and anxiety. might be obvious to say that fear fear or anxiety robs us of so much. Stops you relating to people, stops you from having fun, could stop some of you from working, stops some of you from enjoying life, stops us from experiencing the freedom of God, pursuing our dreams. And from an evangelistic perspective, it stops lots of Christians engaging in the Great Commission. I want to say as well, right at the start of this evening, that if you're a Christian and you're suffering from some way with fear or anxiety, or you're using medication to help block out those symptoms, I just want you to know you're not a failure. It's really important. Like any other illness that comes your way or any other thing you struggle with, fear and anxiety does not make you a failure. That would be the devil lying to you. And you're not a second-class Christian in any kind of way. It's important to know that. If you're secretly struggling with fear and anxiety, because it's any kind of mental illness is still a bit of a social taboo, sadly, I would suggest that it's time to share with people around you that you trust so they can help you. I think mental illness is probably one of those things that you actually need other people to help you with and walk you through with and pray with you through with more than probably any other sickness. Because shame locks us into a situation, but God doesn't do shame. He does grace. And the Bible promises that he helps us in our times of trouble. So if you're secretly struggling with fear and anxiety, can I encourage you to break your silence tonight or tomorrow morning and tell somebody? Because help is available. Is available. We have a transformation centre here, which I'll talk a bit about later. You can get in contact with the church here if you don't know anybody locally, and we can help you and help you through that healing. Could you pull out that Bible verse for me, Ian? I just want to go through a few Bible verses and some biblical foundations about fear, just so we understand things. So, just going to read you this. So 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Do you want to read that with me? As a declaration, because it's true, but just to put it into our systems. Let's read it together. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So if you're a Christian, you'll know that there's no punishment that we will experience for our sin. Because we're unpunishable. 
Because Jesus took our punishment. So there is no fear that we should have of God that he will punish us. The Bible actually says it's the other way around, that what we should do is expect his love. Because that will drive out fear. It's his love is the answer to many fears and anxieties that we have. Not as a concept, but as a reality, as an experience. Because God cares about how we feel. I don't know if that's news to anybody. He cares about when you feel excited, when you feel fearful, when you're anxious about the future, when you feel stuck in a situation. You can go through the book of Psalms and find every human emotion that's in there. God cares about you, how you feel and wants to change how you feel if you feel negatively. It's really important to know that. You could be living a perfect life, nothing outwardly wrong, none of your circumstances are challenging you, but you could still have negative feelings when God would still care and want to put those right. It's important to know that as a Christian, you do not need to feel afraid or anxious. I would say that should be the norm for the Christian life. It doesn't mean that fear and anxiety comes knocking on your, doesn't come knocking on your door. It doesn't mean at times during your life that you might struggle with fear and anxiety. But in terms of a norm, knowing the love and peace and comfort of God day in, day out should be our Christian norm. It's my, my conviction. That's the life that God has for us. And it's only the devil that comes along to kill, steal and destroy and rob us of the benefits of the kingdom of God. So if you're not feeling the love and the joy and the peace of God, it means you're being robbed. It's very important to know that. See, fear and anxiety robs us of our sense of safety. That's what's really going on. Is you're in a situation, whether you're feeling it in the moment or you're thinking about the future or something in the past, and fear and anxiety comes along and robs you of the sense of God keeping you safe. I'm talking about your internal world here. I'm not talking about external circumstances. But inwardly, you don't feel protected and you don't feel safe. And everything in here could be panic, anxiety, whatever, whatever feelings are going on. Just read a couple of Bible verses. Psalm 61.3 says, For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. And Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Because I, I live on earth and on heaven at the same time, because I'm seated next to Christ, my soul is safe. My salvation cannot be stolen my eternity in heaven cannot be stolen by anything that happens on earth. My body can be hurt, damaged, I can be killed, but I am in my soul eternally safe. And that's where our, our security spring from. To share a story with you, I think it was a couple of years ago, uh, Pete was running a healing conference, Pete Carter here, uh, Eastgate was running a healing conference in the south of England. Um, I was part of a team and we were praying for people on the first evening. And I was drawn to the back of the, the, the room, and there was a girl at the back of the room that caught my eye that was visibly shaking with fear. Now, I'd never seen that before. Um, I guess it's not that uncommon, but in a, in a public Christian meeting, I, I personally never come across that. 
So I felt Holy Spirit say, go and pray for her. And she, I think her mum was next to her, or a family, or an aunt, or somebody. And she talked about how something had happened in her life. She was only in her early 20s. And I described an event that had brought fear and anxiety into her life. And so she had not left home for a long time. She doesn't sleep, she doesn't eat, and has all those symptoms of, of anxiety. And I'm, I'm just praying for her and interviewing her. And I felt Holy Spirit say to me, ask her when she last felt safe in her life. And she said she remembers as a child, she's only in her early 20s, sitting on her dad's lap um, as he stroked her hair behind her ear. And she felt completely safe. I hadn't, wasn't sure why I should ask her that question. And someone else in the team, Sarah Vaughan, if you know Sarah Vaughan here, I prayed for her a bit. And I came back 10, 20 minutes later and found out that her dad had come over to see what was going on. And the people praying for her suggested that her dad stroke her ear, and her hair, sorry, around her ear, because she was so afraid it was blocking God touching her. And as soon as her dad started to stroke her hair, she completely relaxed, God encountered her, and she fell to the floor. And she went to her family home for the first time that night for many, many months. See, feeling safe is, is a very important feeling for us as human beings. And feeling safe can actually be a key to letting God touch you in the midst of anxiety and fear. There are many reasons why we will fear or have anxiety in our lives. But it's important to say there's freedom from fear and anxiety. Whether it goes on for days, months or years... There is freedom from it. Whatever the cause, whatever the reason, known or non unknown, God can set you free. And the reason for that is, is because love is infinitely more powerful than fear. Because fear deceives you. Fear like wants to take you on a dance. Because you'll see something that scares you and it'll come and grab your hands and it'll dance you around the floor and affirm the feeling of fear and anxiety in you and tell you what all the reasons why you should feel afraid. And what it's trying to do, it's trying to convince you as a Christian that you're subject to fear. That's what it does. But actually, it's the other way around. As a, as a child of God, fear is subject to me. Because of who I am in God. But fear will lie to you and deceive you about how big and about how powerful and all-consuming that it wants to be. And it only gets empowered because we believe the lie. Because fear actually is not that powerful. Because God took it to the cross. Jesus took it to the cross and destroyed it. And as a Christian, we, can, we, we, are, more, we are stronger than anything the devil throws at us. If we don't believe that, we need, to do, we need to renew our minds a bit on biblical truth. It's like, you know, it's like how many of you, sort of make it humorous, have ever wanted to run away from a wasp or a small spider? It's completely irrational. We were, we were out for drinks at work one day there, this week because there was a leaving do. And um, there were those on the table that don't get afraid by wasps and those that do. And uh, this, this guy was quite, this, not Christian, but this guy said to this lady who was particularly bothered by the wasp, when did you last get stung by a wasp? 35 years ago. And it's because she trod on it in her uh, sandals. We're fear of things that don't even happen very regularly. Yeah? So fear is irrational. 
more than it is powerful. But we can empower it by believing it. So when we are born again, we enter the kingdom of God, which is described in Romans 14 as righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Very familiar verse. It talks about Easter quite a lot, doesn't it? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Did you notice that fear and anxiety are not in the list of the kingdom? But it's interesting, Chris Vallotton in his book Spirit Wars says anxiety or fear is one of the most socially acceptable sins of Christians. What he's saying is, not to make you feel guilty, but what he's saying is, is that we accept it and put up with it far too much. Far too much. She and I run a, a, an evangelism course called Dazzle here, developing a supernatural evangelistic lifestyle. And part of that course has a, a whole subject on freeing people up to be themselves so they can do evangelism. Because that's such an issue for many, many Christians. And there's loads of good reasons for that, and I won't I'll go off on a tangent if I'm not careful. So, so the Hebrew word shalom, the word for peace, means the following few things according to Strong's concordance. Completeness, wholeness, health, peace, Welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. So read that list again. Completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, and the absence of agitation or discord. So when Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, he's giving you all of those things. And again, I'm talking about the internal world that we have, our internal emotions that should feel complete, whole, healthy, peaceful, safe, sound, prosperous, perfect, restful, harmonious, etc., etc. That's the peace that God gives us. And why? Because we live in a world of trouble. We live in a world where Jesus says the worries of each day are enough. So don't worry about tomorrow. God hasn't just left us in a world of trouble without any answer to fear and anxiety or worry. He says, just quote the full verse, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. But do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So when Jesus says that, he means it because he's given you and peace is available to deal with any fear and anxiety. It's not, it's not a logical argument or a good idea from Jesus because fear and anxiety just mess our lives up. If we think about our identity or our royal identity, as we talk about um, a lot here as well, just give you a couple of verses. So Romans 8-15 says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. See, again, notice the again in there. Because when you get born again, you don't have fear anymore. Rather, the spirit you receive brought, you, brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So we have a father that keeps us safe and provides for us. And 2 Timothy 1-7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and a sound mind. So part of your royal identity as a Christian is not to give in and not to be overwhelmed by fear. So when I was going through my journey of looking at myself as as a sinner from an identity perspective and moving to looking at myself as a royal son as in, in my identity, I had to ditch a whole lot of stuff on the way. I had to ditch the fact that I thought I wasn't a powerful person, that I was a victim. I had to ditch the fact that actually um, God will fulfill my dreams, or ditch the fact he wouldn't fulfill my dreams. I had to ditch the fact that I can't feel rubbish about myself anymore and put myself down. But one of the other things that we should ditch is regularly feeling anxious and afraid. Because it's not in our identity. So when you're letting anxiety and fear dominate your body, your emotions, you're not in step with your Christian identity. So when you fight that, you're fighting it from who you are. So you've got what it takes to overcome it. It's really important to know that. That you don't have to go somewhere to get something you don't have. Because your identity was given to you at the moment you got saved. You might need help and encouragement, counselling and lots of medical help and lots of other things on, on, on route to getting free. But you have what it takes inside of you because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is inside of you. You have what it takes to overcome it. So by definition in your identity as a royal son or daughter, you're an overcomer. So therefore, if that's true... Fear and anxiety has to be overcome because you're an overcomer. I'm not trying to be clever with words. I'm trying to tell you truth. Because if you look at anything in your life and you think, I can't be free of this, whether it's fear or anxiety or something else, you're not seeing yourself as Christ has made you or who you've been transformed into. Can I just share a few stories about how God has set me free in the years I've been a Christian. So I became a Christian at 14. I've been a Christian for over 30 years. And up to the age of 29, I was a very happy-go-lucky person. Got married at 22 to the lovely Fiona. We had our our first daughter, Jemima, at um, 27. Sorry, I've been alive for so many years. Um, bought Bought our house and we'd just come back from travelling the world for months. And humanly, for all those good reasons, and also as a Christian, I was very content and very happy. Trusting in God for the future, just happy-go-lucky. And then within a few months of coming back from around the world, my mum was diagnosed with a brain tumour and died very quickly. Um, and she was the... The matriarch in the family, if I can use that, was very, a strong woman in a God sense and, and, and just very influential and full of love and totally believed in me and would care about my future. That's what she talked to me about, about the prophecies of my life and the things that God was going to do. So I might get a bit emotional. Um, what happened over the next few months as we watched her die and bury her is I started to get fearful about the future. I started to believe, to believe a lie that I was no longer safe and any horrible thing could happen to me at a moment's notice like it happened unexpectedly to my mum. 
That's where my thoughts went. And I stayed in those thoughts for years. Years and years and years. I did not expect good to turn around and come to me. And it particularly manifested when I flew. Um, and I used to fly back and forth to Edinburgh with, with my job at the time fairly frequently. And uh, I can recount many times I was at the airport of the gate at Gatwick retching because I was so afraid to get on an airplane. Okay, So I'm someone that loves traveling. I've just done nearly 50 hours of flying without any problems. I love traveling. And up to that point, I'd never had an issue or an anxious thought in an airplane in my life. Um, I'm literally retching at the gate and the airport staff telling me not to get on the plane. Okay, that's how, that's how bad it was. Um, and I would sit on the plane and it was like there were two radio stations broadcasting to me. One was God's, which was absolute peace. And the other one was the, the lie, which I didn't understand then, that the plane was going to go down at any moment. And I suddenly realized over, that, over those uh, many months and, and years I was struggling with that, that, I, what was I, that was actually God was giving me a choice about what I was going to believe. Was I going to believe the lie, that the plane was going to go down, or was I going to believe the truth that God was telling me it was absolutely safe? Because part of getting free from anxiety is actually learning to ignore the lie of the devil. It's not even necessarily rebuking it, it's just ignoring it and not giving it any attention. Because anything you give attention grows, doesn't it? Um, it's a bit of a long story which I'm not going to go into, but the church we were in at the time um, had a connection um, with a church in Lagos, Nigeria, uh, who was seeing many, many people healed of AIDS and incredible miracles. And I went out there and um, God dealt with a whole bunch of stuff in me. Um, I'm quite happy to share it with you another time, but I'm not going to go through it now for the sake of time. And I came home completely free of fear, like fear completely. I wanted to come home and abseil and jump out of aeroplanes on the parachute and <laughs> climb the highest trees. And God just took the whole thing away. It's absolutely amazing. Um, in my 20s, give you, um, this is unrelated, I, I, used to, we, I used to watch a program called ER, Emergency Room. It's an American series with a Dr. Carter in it, but obviously not related to the two Dr. Carters we've got in this church. Um, so if any of you watched that, and I watched that for years, and again, um, and I can't remember the reasons why. Uh, this wasn't related to my mum, but I suddenly, whenever I saw a medical procedure, um, think of BBC's casualty series on steroids, it was an American series. I would start to have chest pains in my, all the way into here as I watched a drama about medical procedures, and it would hurt. And I would start to ha- have um, anxiety and fear about health conditions and uh, all sorts of other unhelpful thoughts that would go through my head. Um, around that time, Sozo had come, or Bethel Sozo had come to the UK, and I thought I'd book my first Sozo to, to go and deal with some issues, one of, one of which was one of these was on that list. And I remember that, this is in the grace and wonder of God, as, as I bent down in my porch to put my shoes on to go to the Sozo, to walk out on the porch, get in the car and drive to the church where the Sozo was, God revealed to me why I was fearful of those medical conditions. And what it was, is I, I, used, I used to have a benign tumour when I was a child, about 10, 11, and I used to pass blood when I went to the toilet. And I used to go to Guy's Hospital once a year for them to check up on the progress of this 
uh, of this benign tumor. And on one of my first visits, I sat um, alone in a, with the consultant and a whole bunch of medical students and had to be naked in front of them, a 10, 11-year-old, which I'd completely forgotten. And Jesus showed me how he shielded me with his cloak. That's where I got out my porch. And that was instantly dealt with in a moment. And the rest of the Sozo was helpful as well. Just to, <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even get there. That got sorted. So. I'll just give you another one. Cause it's, I, just, I think it's a relate to people. Probably about six or seven years ago, I start waking up at night feeling completely claustrophobic. So this was probably in my early 40s. Never experienced claustrophobia in the first 40 years of my life. I wake up in bed, I feel completely boxed in. If I got into any small space on public transport, I would feel claustrophobic. Not know what to do with myself. Um, Fiona didn't like sleeping with me at the time like that. <laughs> that was very disruptive. Um, and there was a, an authority figure in my life that was very controlling. I'm not going to share the details publicly. But forgiving this person and breaking a soul tie with them led to freedom. Okay? I'm sharing these stories because the causes are very different. And it was really, I was very interesting. About a year ago, I was being uh, bullied in a little way at work. And I started waking up with claustrophobia again. But this time, you're wiser. And it's like, no chance. Is that getting back into my life. Just to give you another example, we're in the process of writing a book, um, which some of you know about. We're starting to go on the road and sharing some of our God's dream message. And we recently went up to the Faroes uh, Islands, which is a church connected with here, and saw God do some amazing things in terms of setting people free for evangelism. But I started to get fearful of writing a book and people having an opinion about me. So we're in, we're in the midst of God opening up many dreams and things that God's been working in our lives for decades coming to fruition. And I started to get fearful about my future again. Whenever I spoke, uh, I've spoken in church in the last two or three months, I start coughing, uh, I have a reflux in my stomach. Um, just be really honest and open with you. And, and fear, again, knocked on my door and I didn't hold it back. And it's been, been a wrestle, but I went for a sozo again. I do love sozos. I've done three or four of them in my life. Um, shortly after coming back from the Faroe Islands, thinking, I don't want this in my life. I don't want this. It's just annoying, to put it politely. And um, God shut a fear door in my life, going back to my childhood. And uh, it's changed again. So... I don't do this talk out of just truth, though that is powerful enough, but out of circumstances. So I like, would like to pray for you. So if the band could come back up, we're going to sing in a minute, but and I want to encourage you to have an encounter. Um, but if you if you suffer from worry, fear, or anxiety, do you want to stand up? I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm just going to get you to stand up. Okay, well done. Does anyone secretly, it's a good moment to stand up. I just want to say to you that God wants to set you free. That God has freedom for you. He's had freedom from you before he created the world. 
God does not want you to live in this daily battle or this weekly battle with fear. I think there's probably, I'm going to simplify it, because obviously we haven't got time to pray with you and talk with each one of you, though that would be worth it, but we don't have the time. I think there's three, there's probably, you're probably in one of these three groups, though I probably will miss some scenarios out. Some of you just need to tell it to go away. I mean that. Okay, some of you probably just need to say to, to the fear to go away and ignore it, just like I learned to do on the airplane. You probably don't have medically medical anxiety, this group of people. You just probably need to tell it to go away and learn to ignore it because fear is subject to you. That's probably one group. The second group is, is you've probably opened a door to fear in your life through some childhood or past experience. I would suggest the answer to that is to hear Holy Spirit what that is and then for Holy Spirit to close the door. You could do that through a prayer tonight. Need a bit more help? We have a transformation centre. You can contact them via the website, and you could book yourself a sozo or a counselling session, or you could pray with some of your friends. It's like a pack of cards. You take the bottom card out, and the whole thing falls down. If you open, if there's a door open, God can close it. I'm making it sound really easy, deliberately, a little bit, because actually God can do it very quickly. The third group is probably fear and anxiety is ingrained into your emotions, into your mind and into your body. And you're, prob- you're probably medically diagnosed with anxiety or and suffer some of those fears that are described, those formal definitions of uh, fear and anxiety that I read out at the beginning. Even, if, if, even if, if that's you, you can get free. But it will take, it will probably take a number, a package of things to get free. And that's where I think you need to walk through with some friends or with some people here at Eastgate over a period of months probably I would suggest to get it out of your system. Some helpful things that I know, you, you can start making declarations about who you are in God. You can spend time in his presence. You can go and get counselling. You can read books. One of the books I'd recommend is from Chris Vallotton called Spirit Wars. There's lots out there. You can start eating healthily. You can start laughing at your anxiety. Things like that. But you need to do it with people. Because you'll probably start with it being something that dominates you. And as you go through a process, it'll probably lessen and lessen and lessen. You need people to keep you on the road until peace and joy are your norm. So I want you to laugh at your anxiety before we worship. Is that okay? And there's medical, there's medical research that shows that it, it has the power to heal from the inside out. The reason I want you to laugh at it, and it, feel, it might feel false to begin with, and that's okay, is I want you to laugh at the lie that says, I will never be free of my fear and anxiety. Can you laugh loud? Can you just get us going? Grab the mic. Because <laughs> you're good at this. Because they'd be embarrassed a lot. <laughs> Your face. You can say no. <laughs> so she started. So, so just take long. So if you've got if you've got fear or anxiety, I want you to laugh out loud at the lie that you'll never be free. So start laughing, even if it feels false.
You need to do this loudly. If you're not suffering from fear and anxiety, laugh with them. That's it. So we're laughing at the lie that you'll never be free. We're laughing at the lie that says this will dominate you all your life and you'll always struggle because it's not true. Come on, keep going. It's important. Because these lies hold back your confidence and your hope in God. Sure. I feel better already. (laughs) So, Jesus, I want to declare over all these people that you love, that you care about, I want to say that you are a strong individual, that you are loved, that you are treasured by heaven, that in your identity, love and joy and peace is your norm. So I just want to declare freedom over you. I want to declare healing over you emotionally. I just want to close fear doors over you. Sure, right now. If it's ingrained in you, I just want to pray, Jesus, come and pull out every weed, every root, sure, every reason that caused you that in the first place. Every sense of being overwhelmed, just pray will go, in Jesus' name. What I'd like you to do is we're gonna we're gonna worship for five or five or ten minutes, got time. And I'd like you to encounter Jesus, because Jesus is the one that sets you free. Jesus is the one that has stored up freedom from you since eternity. <laughs> and then what then at the end we'll we'll pray we'll pray for some of you. I've got some prophetic words. Um, but press in. Press into Jesus as as we worship. Thank you. Then.